Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. All right, are y'all ready for the word? Here we go. All right, so I want to say something. Do y'all know what today is? What is today? 9-11. How many years ago did it happen? 21 years ago today. I want you to hear something from your pastor today. I'm going to do a little teach preaching thing. We'll do a little treaching, what I used to call. Is that okay? If I do a little treach, somebody say, treach, treach or treach. That's a tongue twister. I want you to know that we hear people say that 21 years ago today, the whole world changed. Well, it did. It changed in a few temporal ways, and it also changed in permanent ways. When I say permanent, I mean an entire culture shifted. I want to tell you today that many of the things that we are facing today in this series that I'm preaching, that if the Lord wills, I'm concluding today because I know that I have a mandate of some things to speak into your life between now and Elevate, which, by the way, is only three weeks from this Wednesday. Unbelievable. Uh I want to show you that today, I want to show you that a lot of things we're dealing with today in our culture was catapulted on that day. 21 years ago today, many of the things that we are fighting, this is going to sound weird, when it comes to gender identity, racial tension, oh, it's getting quiet in here already, the foundation, racial tension, gender identity, uh, Sexual preference, cancel culture. The foundation of all of it was set into motion. If you don't think what I'm about to say is true, then you you got your head stuck in the ground like that ostrich you see all the time in those cartoons. Here's what I'm going to say to you. There are people that are very, very demonic and evil that have a lot of money Money, more money than you can even imagine. There are many people that believe that there are people on this earth that you don't even know their name and they are the wealthiest people in the world. More wealthy than Elon Musk. More, all the names that you know pale in comparison to the wealth that some people, they believe, are on this earth. And most of them are in secret because... They are using that wealth to, in their mind, navigate humanity in the direction that they want it to go. This should not be a surprise to us because it's in the Word of God. Do you think for a moment that unless culture completely shifts and changes and the mindset of how we accept things and the mindset of how we have to line up with and lockstep with things doesn't come into place. How in the world would this world ever accept an antichrist? Or a one world currency? Or a one world government? There was not long ago that the thought of a nation choosing to do away with their currency and adopting the currency of another nation or a conglomerate of nations would be the furthest thing that that nation would ever anticipate. Can you imagine Canada 
coming to us and saying, listen, I got a proposal for you. Do away with the U.S. dollar. We've already approached Mexico and they're on board. From now on, we're going to call it the North American currency. And Canada, the United States, and Mexico will all have the same currency. And your U.S. dollar is gone. America right now is messed up as we are. We would rise up and say, hey, Canada, you've lost your mind. But do you understand there's a lot of people in this country now that would think that's a great idea. Because the powers that be have changed very quickly how we process things in our mind. Y'all hear me, church? 21 years ago, I want to say something that you may not hear anybody else say, but that, that ain't never scared me before. As I said, many of the foundations of wokeism and cancel culture was catapulted that day. Now, why do I say that? Because these people that are the movers and the shakers behind the scenes, they don't, they don't want you to know about them, but they are navigating humanity. One of the greatest things that they love is catastrophe. Because it be, it, to them, while we are mourning, while we are devastated, while we are going through the process of grief, they are seizing the moment for more power. They love category four and five hurricanes. They love it. Disaster capitalism is what it's called. They love an F5 tornado to wipe out an entire region. And then they have to fund the rebuilding. Because when they fund the rebuilding, they have the strings of the money. Are you hearing me? They love, hear me, they love pandemics. Because when a pandemic hits and the, 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 the big time people tell you this is what you can do and this is what you can't do. It is for the safety of those that you love. They love that. Because here's the thing about any government. They never give back power that they take. There's no such thing as temporary taking power from you. There's never been an instance where our government or any government has ever said, you know what, we really were telling the truth when we told you this was only going to be for six months. You get everything back. They're not ever going to give it back. They may give you some back to where you feel good that you got something back. But if you look back over your life, you'll realize I did not get it all back. Because little by little by little, the devil plays the long game. Are you with me? While the nation mourned and prayed on 9-11, while the nation, listen to me, while the nation laid down political parties and ideologies, those that are young, you don't remember this, but I'm old enough to remember the flags almost on every car. Do you remember that? Had the things where you roll down the window? Well, before that, the only kind of flags you ever saw flying from somebody's window was the college football team. But during that time, you could not drive anywhere 
This is so foreign to us right now, especially to this younger generation. It's only 21 years ago. You could not drive to Walmart from your house without passing 150 American flags. When you checked out at Walmart, there was every single aisle, do you remember, had American flags for sale. Because they were spontaneous buys. Democrats were flying them. Republicans were flying them. Independents were flying them. You couldn't tell who was a Democrat or a Republican. For a brief moment, we were American. While the church, by the people, prayed. People were praying during that time more than you ever saw people pray. Churches were packed. Because everybody thought it was the end. Everybody thought this was the beginning of the battle of Armageddon and so forth. So churches were packed. You didn't have to worry about asking somebody if you could pray at work. Bosses were wanting you to pray at work. But forces were working fast to break down the unity and use the tragedy to cancel everyone. Who spoke against, listen to me, if you'll remember how quickly it happened, the religion of the terrorists. I promise you this, if Christians would have flown, flown them planes into the building, to this day, they would still be known as Christian terrorists. But if you remember, it wasn't long that it began to be hate speech and you would be canceled you started hearing words you'd never heard of before, xenophobic and all these other things, because they were saying that you were, you hated the Muslim people simply because you wanted to call what it was that they came from a radical, and they, they, they were saying radical Muslim things, and I'm probably about to get canceled right now, right before they would go into the plane, and no one, no one that was saying that, no one was saying that all Muslims are that way. They were just saying these were Muslim extremists. So the foundation of you not being able to call them Muslim. Do you remember church? Wave your hand at me if you remember this. Some of you don't remember that. But do you remember how all of a sudden it, you couldn't do that? That was the foundation of cancel culture. Everything else that we are dealing with now. Came as a result of a nation. Broken, mourning, looking for a way to keep unity again. Because it was we had never sensed unity like that before. And the Bible says that is where the commanded blessing is at. And the people seized on our desire for unity. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting. And we started hearing things like this. You are not inclusive enough. Is your church an inclusive church? Because you say you believe in unity. And everybody was excited about unity. But inclusive didn't mean that everyone was welcome. Inclusive began to mean that you had to accept any sin and any lifestyle ch choice that someone made. And if you didn't, you were not about unity. You were, you were hateful. You were bigoted. And you would be canceled. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shout. If this is going to be my last Sunday, I'm going out with a bang. And it was almost overnight 
I begin to notice, just like you probably begin to notice, what's happened to the American flags. We went from unity to hating each other faster than any of us had ever seen anything in our lives. I'm talking about this nation began, the, the divide between Republicans and Democrats was so like nothing. I'm telling you, to this day, that is sickening. It is sickening how many friends, how many bridges to lifelong friends you have burned because they don't agree with you politically. Woo, this microphone's hot today. You can't be friends with somebody. You can't at least have a decent conversation and agree to disagree with anybody anymore. The seeds of all that is now called woke culture and the cancel culture is what I'm talking about more than anything. Was sown during the season of 9-11. Are you hearing me? The religion of wokeism, the cult of wokeism. The live wokeism. Listen, if you're not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not preaching against the Muslim faith here today. I've been to many Muslim countries, and some of the kindest people that I have ever experienced in my life were Muslims. They welcomed me in my into their home, knowing I was a Christian, knowing that they were an Orthodox Muslim. They loved me. It's the Eastern culture, some of the kindest in the world. So I'm not preaching against Muslim people. But I am pointing out, if you'll remember, one of the first things that happened right there at Ground Zero in New York City where the Twin Towers was, World Trade Centers that came down around this time, they were already on the ground. 21 years ago, right now at this moment, they were on the ground. One of the first things that happened when they cleaned the rubble is that they immediately moved in and built a mosque right next to ground zero. Now, didn't wait for the wound to heal. They realized this is an opportunity for me, for us to propagate our faith and our gospel in the midst of everybody being scared to say anything. And if you said, hey, Maybe we don't build any church right there. Maybe we just build a memorial there to the ones that lost their lives. You were hateful and bigoted. Mm, man, it's, man, it's getting quiet. What would have happened during that time if somebody would have wanted to build a Pentecostal tongue-talking church right there at ground zero? How do you think America would have responded to that? But we had to keep our mouths shut. We had to go along with it. Because we wanted to promote unity and love. Because that's what believers do. Are y'all hearing me? But I want to tell you something today for the few minutes that I have left. And I'm going to say it boldly. And you better get a hold of this. One day, we are all going to stand before God. And the Bible says, we will give an account for our lives, even to the very idle words that proceeded out of our mouth. If there's ever been a generation that needs to speak the truth in love, it is now.
You don't need a pastor pacifying you, stroking your ego, and making you feel like, yeah, you're going to build, you're going to live your best life today. I hope you do live your best life today. But more than anything, I hope you hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And it is my job to make sure that you don't have an excuse when you stand before them. Because you will have heard the truth. I watched a video last night of a preacher because I was doing a search on YouTube to just see what people were saying, what preachers were saying about cancel culture and the religion of wokeism. And I watched a preacher sit in his office and literally, line upon line, not he don't know who I am. He don't have, he have no idea what I'm preaching. That man don't even know who I am. But preach against everything that I've preached against the last three weeks. That if you're going to be a pastor in this day, then you cannot, listen to the words he said, let the preachers hijack our word woke. Because if you do, then here's what you are allowing your pastor to promote. And he started giving me line upon line upon line upon line about what the origins of stay woke, get woke, and all of that. And we all probably know what I'm talking about. But the reality is this. I get it, and I've said that from the very beginning. I get it. I understand that woke has now become an umbrella, that, that, that we throw every kind of justice issue that, that we think that should be addressed under one big umbrella. And I'm not saying that there are not some things under that umbrella of woke, that somebody's not saying stay woke, get woke, I'm woke, that does not is not speaking and preaching and teaching biblical truths about how we need to address demonic spirits as racism, as hatred. Come on, are y'all hearing me? But if you care more about defending a word that all the other communities that are demonically against God has adopted as their own, if you care more about that word than you do the word, preacher, let me ask you, who is really driving you? What kind of spirit are you under? Division? Because, because as long as we keep t- talking about Democrats, Republicans, black and white and brown and colors and start talking about, as long as we keep pushing that with an agenda, not addressing a demonic issue. How many knows if you if you got a pastor that doesn't address racism, get out of that church. Because it's a demon sent straight from hell and you cannot be a Christian and be a racist. You cannot. Oh, I'm preaching better than you. I've got ten people in. You're too scared to clap. What if I clap now? What will people think I'm clapping to? Did you hear what I said? I said you cannot be a Christian and be racist. You don't need to pray about clapping. Hey. If you care more about, oh, I'm about about to mess some people up. If you care more about flying the banner of the Confederacy than you do the banner of righteousness, you need to get that devil out. 
calling you a devil if you got a rebel flag. But I'm telling you, these people, these people that fight for the rebel flag with more intensity than they fight for the banner of righteousness, you better self-check yourself because I don't care what you say. Just because you got a rebel flag somewhere in your house don't make you a racist. But if you're always fighting for that flag, you're probably a racist. Or at least you got a tad bit in you. And if you care more about making sure all your friends and everybody else says Black Lives Matter. And if they don't put a BLM, hashtag BLM at the end of their post. You might be racist too. Because here's the reality. Ah, man, what a good crowd. I hope it looks like it's next week. Because here's the reality. When you care more about making sure somebody says that, you're not being driven to make sure they care about your life. You're making sure that they care about your umbrella. Because when you look at, as I said a few weeks ago, Many that were in that in the founding organization, they founded and they seized upon a true spirit, a true spirit that was trying to wake up this nation to the atrocity of racism, to the demonic uh, history of slavery and racism. These were all God-given mandates to put on the people of God. But the powers that be, that care nothing about your soul, that do not believe in your God, seized upon it. And inserted their agenda. Because, because if you believe in this, then we need you to believe in that. And the next thing you know, people who are choosing to marry the same sex or, or maybe they had chosen to sleep with the same sex wanted to start thinking that they were on the same level as civil rights that happened in the 60s. Oh my God. They won't try to tell you. That it's the same thing. It ain't the same thing. Civil rights was not about a choice that you had, that you made. Civil rights was not about who you want to have sex with. Civil rights was about a human being couldn't drink from a water fountain. It was about a human being that couldn't cast a vote. It was about a, it was about a human being that their fathers and their fathers were killed, were sown, were hung. And you want to try to tell me who you want to hook up with? is on the same level are we still on Facebook it ain't the same man Now, I'm not even here to debate the legality. Ain't nobody trying to take that away from you. The Supreme Court ruled it. That ain't what all this is about. I'm not here to preach on Supreme Court. I'm here to preach on what God's Word said. 
God's word said, watch this, we are all created in the image of God. God's word said, it don't matter what color your skin is, because when he said the words that he said, he said it to a bunch of people that had a bunch of different colored skin. The Bible says you don't look on the, heart, on, the, on the flesh of man, but on the heart of man. But that same Bible said, male and female, he created he them. Told them to hook up and make babies. That's what he said. Trying to preach. Told y'all I was teach preaching today. That's called teaching. Did y'all know that was, that wasn't preaching, that was teaching. How dare you look over somebody else and say, hey, you may not like it, but you know he's right. Let me tell you something. Here, here it is. Here it is. Here, here's how I sum it all up right now. The power of this religion. Now, I'm not talking about the origins of get woke, stay woke. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about right now. Where we're at right now, no matter how that word began, it we have allowed it just like so many things to be hijacked. And now it has been hijacked to become a cult, a religion with power. This religion is very powerful, y'all. Th this religion, because I want to call it what it is, it's a religion. When you, when you convert... And, you, and I'm going to tell you why it's more than a religion, that it's a cult. Because one of the main things about a cult is, is when you buy into the teachings of that cultic teaching, most of the time it's because it's a spiritual thing that you're experiencing and you become spiritually involved and you buy into it and you're so brainwashed by it that you will excommunicate family members who don't come in with you. And some of, some, some of you have been excommunicated. Some of you have, don't, your family members don't even want to have anything to do with you because you will not line up with them hook, line, and sinker. And you, they don't even realize it, but they have joined a cult. But they're, they're just like any cult in any force. You can have military force. You can have brutal force. But the most powerful force on this earth is not the military force. Listen to me. It's the force of words. Words can start a war. Without a single bomb being dropped, without a single bullet being fired, Somebody can walk behind a pulpit and say, we declare war on this nation. We no longer believe that this nation is sovereign. They belong to us. And that will in many times receive missiles coming across at you. Because that country does not want to accept what you just said. So they declared war on you before you could ever get in their borders. Words have the power to change everything. And wokeism religion is based own words it's in the tenets of their faith it's in their faith statement they have taken words that we have known all our life and changed their definition and hijacked them y'all remember schoolhouse rock conjunction junction yeah 
Let me tell you something. Schoolhouse Rock was awesome. Still awesome. I do too, man. I've watched, I was one long ago, I watched one of them on YouTube. But watch this. Back then, we learned about pronouns. We learned about conjunctions. We learned about numbers. We learned about how bills were made. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting up on Capitol Hill. Y'all remember that one? How about this one? We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this constitution of the United States of America. I just sang the preamble of the Constitution because when I was 10 years old, I learned it on Schoolhouse Rock. I remember sitting in school when we would have a question of the preamble and you could hear everybody in the room going, the whole room singing. They've hijacked pronouns. They've hijacked gender. They've hijacked sex. They've hijacked marriage. They've hijacked love. They've hijacked God. They've hijacked church. They changed the meaning of pronouns, gender, sex, marriage, love, God, church. Rainbow. They've hijacked it all. But I'm telling you what, the rim that's going to rise up, the rim that's taking the rainbow back, the rim that's taking the pronouns back, the rim that's taking gender back, the rim that's taking sex back, the rim that's taking marriage back, the rim that's taking God back, the rim that's taking church back. Somebody shout, we're taking it back. Sit down, crazy folk. I'm going to get to some scriptures. Some of you that's visiting the church. Well, does this church even use the Bible? Or is it just him up there screaming? Wokeism is based on the lie that they have the power to change the meaning of words. And words have the power to change culture. There's another word that I had never heard until... Like in the last three or four years, it became very prominent and very prominent in the last couple of years. It's called deconstruction. We've always heard construction. And we've always heard demolition. And that's been enough for us. Is that construction means we're building something, right? Demolition means we're tearing it down, right? Well, they come in and said, look, we don't want you to think we're tearing anything down. We just want to simply go in and deconstruct some things. In other words, think we're going to still leave the structure. But we're going to just take out a few doors and a couple of walls. And when we get through, it's still going to be the same house, but it's going to look like and it's going to be more comfortable to me. Are you hearing me? See, we don't like scriptures like this. Come out from among them and be separate. We 
don't like to hear things like this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by me. Hold up, hold up, hold up. We believe in God. We believe there's a God. Of course, how could this exist without a God? Hold up. We're not saying we need to do away with God. We just want to be awake or woke enough to realize, enlightened. Surely we are not so arrogant and so pious and so puffed up to think we are the only ones that know. So we start, listen, some of y'all going to get mad at me on this one. Because this lady is an, an icon, and I'm not judging her because I've seen her in Holy Ghost services. And I hope she's got her heart right with God. I don't know. But then you start having people with influence like Oprah. And Oprah talking about Jesus. Oprah talking about being raised in church. But then Oprah started bringing people on her show back when she had her show. I remember watching them to where people would be on her platform saying that Jesus was the only way. And I saw and I heard it with my own eyes and my own ears. Oprah said, hold up. I'll never forget it. Some of you have seen the video. Oprah said, surely you're not saying that Jesus is the only way. And the guest that was on the platform said, that's exactly what I'm saying. She's like, oh, and watch this. The whole crowd, boo, boo. You could tell there'd been a shift. Oprah wasn't denying God. Oprah wasn't denying church. She wasn't even denying Jesus. But she was deconstructed just enough to, to not believe that one scripture where he says, I am the way. Are you hearing me? How many knows the enemy is a mastermind at just simply twisting it just enough? A little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. So you can't, you put a little bit of yeast inside the dough and mix the dough up. You can't go back in the dough and pull the yeast out. Let me tell you, let me sum up wokeism to you now. Not the way it started, the way it is now. The religion of wokeism is simply, because remember I told you, everything's full circle. Nothing new under the sun. It is prideful and it's paganism. Do you know that we have pillars of our faith, right? So does this religion. And I want to tell you right now, and I'm going I'm I'm to finish by reading scriptures so y'all can feel good about yourself. Feel good about your pastor. And I'm not trying to be funny and mocking the Word of God. I believe a preacher ought to preach from the Word of God and not tell stories. But this, this, is not, this, this is a message that can't just be spouted out. I have to break it down or my words, because the power of words will be twisted and you'll get offended at my words and you'll think I'm saying something that I'm not saying. So guard your heart. Remember, you said I was your pastor. And if I'm your pastor, watch this. That means I'm your pastor when you agree with me and I'm your pastor when you don't agree with me. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're the sheep that I've been called to shepherd, then I've been called to shepherd you if I agree with you and called to shepherd you if I don't agree with you. And a lot of you I don't agree with. But I still love you. And see, some of y'all don't have no idea. Y'all don't have, who's he talking about? Watch this. We have pillars of our faith. 
the pillars of the faith of the religion of wokeism all comes from three pillars. Gender, race, and sexual orientation. These are the pillars of wokeism. Because these are the three forces that can be used to divide like no other forces that we've ever known. Where do you stand on racism? Well, there shouldn't be a stance. Why should you have a stance on racism? Racism is demonic and straight from hell and can never be okay. There is no gray area in racism. Right? Wherever it's at, not just in a church, but in business dealings, in the dealings with, with law enforcement, in dealings with bills and, 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 and legislation. We should not legislate to separate any race. Right? That should be simple. Churches should not be, and I'm not being critical, and I know that it's difficult in our world for this to happen, but it's never been God's will for there to be a white church and a black church and a brown church and, a, and an Asian church. They're supposed to just be the church. Why, why are you looking for a pastor that looks like you? Why don't you look for a pastor that's going to speak into your life Would to God that a bunch of white people right now watching this camera would open up their hearts and know that there are black, Hispanic, Asian, multicultural, interracial married pastors all over praying for you to come and serve in their ministry. Quit telling people, hey, I go down that church, I got a white pastor. Why? Just tell him you got a pastor. Would you like for me to tell people, yeah, we got black people on the praise team. Would you not be offended by that? Quit telling people I'm a white pastor. Just tell them my God Solid Rock Church is my church and I love my pastor. He'll tell it like it is. We got a praise team that'll rock this world. One of them's this, one of them's that, one of them. No, we got some people that know how to take us into the presence of God on the instruments, singing. We ain't worried about what their skin color is. Don't let the devil divide you. Good God Almighty, I got to hurry. Gender. Gender? Notice I didn't say race, sex, meaning biological sex, and sexual orientation. I said race, gender, and sexual orientation because gender is a made-up word. Gender is fluid. Anatomy is not. You don't wake up one morning anatomically. And slide into something else. And then slide back into what you were the next day. And here's why they, here's why they made sure that they changed the words. It used to be gay. That was it. 
Everybody was gay. Anybody that wanted to sleep with the same sex, they were gay. But then they said, we won't, no, no, no. We want to make sure that there's a lesbian. Lesbians have their name, and now gay means men, and lesbian means women. We, had to, we accepted that. We changed that. Then we had, uh, used to be called bisexual, which meaning, hey, swing both ways. Now it's non-binary or something else. Now it's I'm a wolf. Because here's the reality. Here's the reality. Y'all don't know that? Y'all don't know that some people identify as a wolf? And they and they and they're falcons and they and they go, I'm not making fun. These people, they they I need, I'm, I need, I'm going to stay right there. I don't want to stay right there. I'm not trying to make fun. I'm, I'm trying to say it's sad. People need it. They need deliverance and they need help and they need counseling. And, they, and some, 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 of them, some of them just need, some of them need help in a, in a loving way. You know, we can't look at somebody that believes that they're a wolf and just say, you know, you know, just throw you away because you, you're, you're not even human anymore. No, they're battling something. They need help. We have the answer. Can I get an amen? We have the answer. I'm not talking about throwing people away. We have the answer. But now it's called sexual orientation. Watch this. Here's why it's called that. Because orientation means the beginning. It's not sexual preference. It wasn't long ago that it was called sexual preference. But they had to drop that word because then it becomes a choice that someone could be delivered from. But they cannot accept that because if they do, they, it's ultimately the big picture of the devil, is that they believe that God is able to deliver anyone from anything. They don't want to accept that, so they call it sexual orientation, meaning that when I was conceived, if they even believe that that's a lie, that's another, that's another thing to talk about another day, but from conception inserted into our DNA through the nine months in the belly and then came out into this world, we came out into this world with a sexual orientation of our choice of who we were going to have sex with and what gender. And that's how these words have changed us. And everything is based on that. Mm. And we are being inundated by it. But let me tell you something about another thing about wokeism. I got to hurry. The religion of wokeism is what I'm talking about. The religion of wokeism is not in line with the gospel. For many reasons. But one of the tenets of faith of this religion of wokeism is to keep people in a constant state of shame and guilt. And that there are, there are certain uh, people who can never be redeemed because of things they've done or things that people six and seven and eight generations before them are done. And there's no way that they can be redeemed in this world. But that's not the gospel. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here because y'all know what I'm talking about. Here's the gospel. The gospel says this. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
The gospel says the old man is dead. Behold, I do a new thing. I love my granddad, but my granddad was not perfect. My granddad did a lot of things that I'm ashamed of. Those are just things that I knew of. My granddaddy was in a, in a, in a, lived in a world that was, was different than the world that I live in, but he, was, he worked in the coal mines, and, and I, I love my granddaddy. I, almost, I don't want to speak nothing to you of my granddaddy because I loved him. But I was a little boy when, he, when I was raised by him and my grandmother, so I didn't know anything about other than just being a kid with a granddaddy. And when I got older, I found out some things about my granddaddy that crushed me. But you know what? He's gone. I am not my granddaddy. I am a man of God. I am a child of God. And, and, and I cannot live the rest of my life making sure that I tell you about the things that my granddaddy did. Because if I spend the rest of my life telling you about the things that my granddaddy did or believed, then he wasn't a bad, a bad person. I'm not, I don't want you to try to think that my granddaddy was part of some kind of horrible institution because he wasn't. I'm, that's time that I'm being taken away from what I'm supposed to be doing in this world. I always use this man right here because he's, he's everything to me. Max, Mac Daddy, he's an elder of our church. He is a friend. He is my brother. And he's only 65 years old. Amen. Getting younger. You are. You really are. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. I want your energy. Well, praise God. He loves his pastor. Now watch this. All kidding aside. He's 85 years old. He's, he's, my, he's 85 years old. He's my spiritual son. He will call me his spiritual father. And if there's anybody in this room that has seen hell in this nation, it's an 85-year-old man. But do you ever get around Max Stringer and ever feel like Max Stringer is, is, is trying to make anybody feel like they can be anything other than the greatest thing that they could ever imagine? Does he not instill greatness in you? Does he not put faith in you? Does he, I don't care who you are, what race you are, how old you are. You get around Max Stringer and you start believing, I can be something in God. I got a future because Max Stringer is a Holy Ghost man of God. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Watch this. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Psalms 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Let me tell you something. I remember a preacher saying one time, oh, there's a reporter going around digging up uh, bones in the closet, skeletons in the closet of all these big time preachers. And somebody tipped me off and said, she's, she's trying to go into your closet. She's trying to find some skeletons in your closet to expose you while all these other big time preachers are coming down. He's trying, she's trying to expose you and put a big thing on 2020 about you. And I'll never forget what that preacher said. That preacher said, let her dig, let her dig. Cause here's the reality. There are some skeletons in that closet, but the difference between me and some others is there's some blood on them bones, baby. <laughs> there's blood on them bones. Somebody shout, there's blood on them bones. 
See, it's all ultimately about identity. If you don't know who you are, you are powerless. If you allow anyone in a culture that doesn't believe in God to define you, you are powerless. And that's what it's about. They want to make you feel like you are the problem. You ever notice the mainline media doesn't come after any religion except ours? Nobody ever takes down the TikTokers that mock Christianity. Nobody ever gets canceled from Twitter because they make fun of somebody that speaks in tongues. But you say something against another religion and you'll get a strike or you'll get removed. While they say the most horrible things you can imagine about us. Does that not make a light bulb go over in your head? Ding, 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 ding. It's because. Somebody asked me one time, said, how do you really know you, you got the right God? And that you, got, you really are the only, your God really is the only way. I said, well, there's a lot of ways I can answer that, but I'm going to answer it one, one simple way right now. It's because we're the only ones that the world hates and wants to shut down. If we, what, if we didn't have the right God, they'd be promoting us on the local sitcoms. Come on, are you hearing me? If, if somebody from another religion walks in a sitcom, they are respected. They are loved. They are made to be a great character. But you put a preacher on a sitcom, he's an idiot. He's an alcoholic. He's cheating on his wife. Are you hearing me? He cusses. He drinks. He smokes. That's how I know why the devil, why we, we got the right God. It's because our God is the only God that the world hates. Woo! I feel God. I feel good. And I knew that I would now. I got some moves, y'all. Y'all don't even know. All right, I'm hurting, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. See, a religion proselytes. A religion is evangelistic. A church is evangelistic. And this religion is evangelistic. They are constantly trying to win souls. What is a soul? I'm a three-part being. I'm a spirit man, a possessive soul, and I live in a body. My spirit man is my eternal part that was breathed in the, into me from God himself. My soul is my mind, my emotions, and my intellect. It is also invisible. It's not my brain. My mind is not my brain. My brain is a part of my body. My soul is an invisible thing that is tied to both the natural and the spiritual. It is my reasoning. It is my comprehension. It is my intellect. It is my personality. It is my emotion. The Bible said, here's the battle. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your, not your brain, your mind. Because when your mind is your soul. So when a religion 
gets your soul. They get your spirit. Because it's the door to your spirit. You don't allow the Holy Spirit to come into you until you in your mind, in your, in your soul, receive the message of the gospel. And then your mind says to your mouth, I choose Jesus. Are you hearing me? So it's a battle for the mind. It's a battle for the soul. Oh, this is good preaching. This needs to be, this needs to be on, on TBN. This kind of message needs to be all over the world. Will you share it? Will you? Or if you see it, will you even invite somebody to listen to it? Or are you scared to? I don't know if I want to let people know my pastor's like you. Why are you coming? All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. I have a question. Is there racism in America? Yes. Is there racism in every continent on this world? Yes. Is there thieves? Is there murderers? Sin is sin. In fact, I'll say this, racism in a lot of ways, when somebody's truly being operated by a spirit of racism, I believe it's worse than murder. Because they, they, they have not killed somebody naturally, but they have chosen to kill an entire group of people in their eyes. And come on, y'all hear me. Which is diametrically opposed to the heart of God. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. There will be no racist in heaven. Period. They will not be there. So if you're still dealing with, I got a little tad left over, you need to get it out. You need to get it out. Does this, this country had a horrendous past? Yes. Do we still have horrendous things going on in this earth right now? Yes. Has there been horrific acts, demonic acts against gay, lesbian, and trans people that was not of God? Yes! I don't care. You have no right to assault, injure anyone because of their choice in their life. Just because it's wrong, it's a wrong choice and it's a sin, doesn't give you the right to invoke violence upon them. So what is the answer? A political party? Neither are from God. They are not God's plan for redemption. Are you hearing me? Both parties have a huge incentive and benefit for you to be divided and to put your total trust in them. There's so much money Involved in the enforcement of wokeism and, and, and even our, we call it a democracy, but it's really not even a democracy. It's a, it's a republic. But the reality is this. It's a democratic republic. But here's the reality. No matter what it is, our government in Washington, D.C. is not the answer. If it was the answer, it would have already been answered. Ooh, it's going to get quiet on these. I got four, I got four things to ask you. 
Yeah, hold your applause to the fourth one or you'll tell on yourself. Because some of y'all clap for one of these questions, not clap for the next question. And people sitting next to you going, why did you not clap on that other one? So I'm trying to save you. Okay? Hold your applause till, it's, till I get through with these four questions. And then I'll say, now you can clap. So I'm trying to take care of you. Did it feel like America? See, some of y'all still going to try to clap. I can feel it right now. I can feel it. Y'all going to try to clap. Do not clap. I can feel it. And if you don't clap, some of y'all be like, no, don't say anything. Don't do anything. But just look at me. Did it feel like America was unified under Trump? Ooh. Did it feel like, does it feel like America is unified under Biden? Did it feel like America was unified under Obama? Did it feel like America, other than 9-11 for a brief moment, was unified under Bush? Now you can clap. Because the reality is this. We didn't feel unified under Trump. We don't feel unified now under Biden. We didn't feel unified under Obama. And we didn't feel unified under Bush. Every single one of them. Two of them's Democrat and two of them's Republican. And we weren't unified under none of them. Because who's in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue can never bring unity to a people. It can only be through the blood of Jesus. I wish somebody would stand up and praise the Lord for the blood of Jesus. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make this nation whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Woo! Sit down. I know I told you to stand up. It's almost 12 o'clock. The answer to racism is Jesus. The answer to hatred is Jesus. The answer to poverty is Jesus. The religion of wokeism is constantly calling for injustices to be fixed. But the truth is, they do not want them fixed. They do not want healing. Because if healing ever came, they would lose their platform. If healing ever came, a lot of them would lose their check. And I'm talking to a lot of preachers. I'm talking about preachers here. They've made a living off division. They don't want unity. Because if unity or healing really came to our nation, many platforms would go away. Does the Bible speak of wokeism or awakeism? Here's the question as I close this series. Are we called to be woke or awake? Does it speak directly of wokeism, the religion of wokeism, and the relationship of awakeism? Yes, it does. Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to look at this on the screen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us and offering it a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Watch this. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. 
neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man who is, in a, who is an adult, idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. That's pretty bold. You can't make that say anything else other than it says. Verse 6. Look at it through the eyes of the world we live in now, what I've been talking on for the last several weeks. Let no one deceive you with empty words. The religion of wokeism is based on words, but they're empty words. They are calling for a healing that they don't want. Are you hearing me? For because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, therefore do not be partakers with them. All these people that okay all these things that he just listed. And by the way, if it wasn't listed, he made sure of it when he said, and all uncleanliness. He summed up everything. In other words, he was saying, those that are promoting a sinful lifestyle, they are, they are trying to pull you in with empty words. You are not to partake with them. That's the religion of wokeism. All right? But thank God he doesn't end there. Very next verse. Verse 8, Ephesians 5. For you once, you were once darkness. Somebody shout, I was once darkness. Watch this. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather, see, while you are getting mad at me and you can't believe that I've said some of the stuff that I've said, all I'm doing is what God told me to do. I am not hateful. I don't want any ill and hard thing to come to them. I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling for anybody to do anything that you don't have a legal right to do. I'm just saying somebody has to speak against darkness. But rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. Their hidden secret agendas They've chosen the words to promote their hidden gen. You, you don't even know what they're actually doing. All you know is what they've allowed you to know. And what they've allowed you to know when you buy into it, unwillingly sometimes, unknowingly, you have bought into and are carrying out the very agendas that they have planned in secret. You have become the, the, the foot soldiers for their agenda to tear down the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because they know their only thing that can stop that agenda is God. True God. Jesus. But all things that are exposed, verse 13, are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep. Comma, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. 
Can I tell you what this means? Come on, go, go ahead and give the Lord a praise for the Word of God. Here's what it means. The religion of wokeism is death. But when you wake up, it's not just life. It's resurrection life. It's the power of the resurrection. That's how I know the remnant might be smaller than it, we ever dreamed it could be. But it's more powerful than it ever dreamed it could be. Because it's not operating in our power. It's not operating in the power of a government. It's not operating in the power of, of some kind of badge that's hanging on our shirt. Or something, a certificate hanging up on our wall. It is operating in the same power. The Bible said that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal power. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Yeah, my God, Paul said, I, I don't want to know anything but Jesus crossing and crucified. I want to know the power of the resurrection. I wish I had some people that would get up on their feet and shout I am alive. I am awake. Somebody shout I am your light. Stay on your feet. Stay on your feet. I asked you to pray for me several weeks ago because I know I know what this means and I've experienced it. I walked out of this place last Sunday. I'm talking about by the time I made it to my office, I felt darkness all trying to creep all over me. I sat in my chair, and I could just feel depression coming on me, second-guessing, Think, thinking of maybe I, I didn't say it the way I wanted to say it. That's cool. My words are going to be twisted. My words, I hurt somebody's feelings. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to offend anybody because that's not my heart. Because when you come out from under this anointing, y'all, the humanity of who you really are is revealed. But more than that, I'm not asking for pity. I'm just, but I am just saying I am the one with the microphone. I am the one that said all the things that you've been thinking. That means I got a target on me. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I don't think you want me to stop. I'm not going to keep preaching sermons like this every week. Next week, this ain't going to be what I preach. But this was an appointed time for me to preach this message. Next week, I'm preaching on the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching on revival because that's what we're headed into. But somebody had to call this devil out. So you get this podcast. You get this YouTube upload of all three messages, and you send them. If you're afraid and you don't know what to say, just let me say it for you. But you better be prepared that when you send me to say it for you, they're going to treat you like you said it. So you better be prepared. But I'm going to close by reminding you of this one part of what I just read. Remember I said, God's word said, I should say, that our job is not to have fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather to expose them, right? But watch this. Verse 13 says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. He just said in scripture, you were once darkness. But now you're light. In other words, watch this. Some of you are going to know how to take this. We know that Jesus is the light of the world, right? We know that Jesus is the only way. We know that we are not God. We will never be God. But we are His voice. We are His hands. We are His feet. We are His representation, His ambassadors. That's why our college is called Ambassadors College. That's why our network is called Ambassadors Network. Because we understand the power of the word ambassador. The word ambassador basically means... That one individual 
represents the entire country. If I'm an ambassador to Peru, I have a home in Lima, Peru, that has a sign out front and a gate to protect me and my family. Me and my family will move to Peru. And on the sign, on the sign this is in every nation that, that the United Nations and our nation represent or recognizes. There's a sign that says, Ambassador of the United States of America to Peru. And this is, this is the law, the worldwide law for the United Nations, that that spot of land that has been surveyed off in Peru and a house was built on it is the United States of America. The Peruvian embassy in America is Peru. When you walk inside the gate of that small piece of land in Peru, Kenya, wherever, you are walking into the United States of America. If you go in that house and assault me, worst case scenario, kill me. It is on the laws of our books that you have declared war against the United States of America. Now, we've let that go because we had an ambassador killed. But the law says we have a right to come to your country and declare war on you if you kill me. Because I am a man, but I represent every law, every right, and every power of the United States of America. The military... The government is behind me. The resources of this nation is behind me. Even the president of the United States is behind me. You mess with me. You mess with my children. Are y'all hearing me? You mess with my spouse. You mess with my nation. We understand that. But we forget that the Bible calls us ambassadors of Christ. But we'll let that devil come into our house, attack our wives, attack our husbands, attack our children, our grandchildren, attack us, take us, take us out, take out everything that we were believing God for in our life, and not rise up and understand that behind us and in us and flowing through us, the devil knows it even if you don't know it. And he wants you to forget it. When you mess with me, you mess with the resources of the kingdom. You don't just mess with me. You mess, you mess with the one that's sitting on the throne. You mess with every angel. Come on, do you hear me? If the remnant would just rise up and realize that, it could change the world. And one Sunday morning, if everybody that met today would leave their church service, wherever they were in this world, knowing who they were in God, it's why the enemy's assaulting identity. Because if he, can, if he can make you forget what your identity is in Christ, you've lost all your power and authority. But if every believer would just 
figure out who they are in God and finally walk in it, all this mess that we deal with would not be able to stand against the people of God. But there's only a remnant that's doing it. But that remnant is enough. Because somehow, some way, while that remnant gets smaller, there will be an outpouring where He will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy that revival is not coming, that revival is here. Don't walk in a spirit of anger, bitterness. This is not a political message. This is a kingdom message. I'm an equal opportunity offender. Whatever side of the aisle you own, no matter who you voted for, hold on long enough, I'll get to you. Because the reality is this, none of it can save us. Will you raise your hands with me as a sign of surrender? Would you make a confession with me and speak something out of your mouth over your life, over your family, over your nation? Say this with me. Jesus, I understand I am only human. I am limited in the natural with what I can do. But you have said that I am your child. And because of that, I am an heir to all your power and your authority. You have called me light in the midst of darkness. I don't know what you're going to do with me. I don't know what it looks like. But I say to you, God, I refuse to walk in offense. I refuse to have one ounce of racism in any part of me. No part of me will be a part of division, hatred for anyone's choice. I will not live my life by the words of a politician. I will live my life by the words of God. Help me to see every man and woman regardless of race, regardless of nationality, regardless of sexual orientation, gender choice, the same way as a human being who is struggling and needs you. And I say, I know, I'm not the answer, but I have the answer. Help me to walk in the answer. Here I am, Lord. Mold me. Shape me. Chisel me. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, God. And renew a right spirit within me. Jesus, I confess every sin I have ever committed to you. And I accept you as my Savior and my forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Somebody give him a shout of praise.